22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got Benetarian range. I'll tell you, what Tom Brady just did gives me goosebumps. Wide again for Tierney. Tierney's cross. Lucic, top of the circle, Horton, the drive, score! The Bruins knock out Montreal! Hello, everybody. Welcome to Boston Sports Extra Podcast 15, Patriots Edition. We're going to go over a little training camp news, and we got, uh, we're got going to break down some positions for you with a little bit of... Uh, who we're keeping and who we're cutting. Um, on this episode, I have Andrew and Porchy, our little podcast whore. <laughs> hello, hello, so, hello. What's going on, BSC sports fans? What's good? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. This is Andy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm going to let you start it off, Andy. You got your, you got your list of... Uh, position cuts and and saves so i'll let you get started all right now there's a few positions that definitely don't need to be worried about i mean we're obviously keeping tom brady we don't have to worry about cutting him and we've got the real question comes down as to whether we're going to keep ryan hoyer or danny etling and that will most likely be decided we could keep both one of them practice squad but other than that there's really no no decisions to be made on that one and then, so what we did was is we picked uh, seven different positions, groupings, and we'll go down them. We'll see what we got here. And then, so for my wide receivers, I'm going to, I was going to save Dorsett, but it seems like he solidified his spot in the last two weeks with all the cuts of the veterans and then what's also his play. He's definitely made his spot available. So now I'm going to take Lucian. Devin Lucian has come on strong. He's played with the position, and he might have done enough to get himself a spot. And then, unfortunately, we're going to have to cut Barrios. He hasn't made it onto the squad. Um, he's fighting for his roster spot with McCarron. And also, he's undersized. He's just he's not, not going to be able to do it. What do you think, Porchy? I agree with uh, Lucian staying on the roster. Uh, he's a he's a very explosive wide receiver, but unfortunately, I feel like McCarron's just just not NFL ready, especially for this New England squad. I don't see him getting many reps with Brady if he made the squad himself. I feel like Barrios is a is a more like Edelman comparison type receiver, like that small in and out guy. Uh, I feel like McCarron's odd man out here. I want to add to that, Andy. Do you think that? Barrios is going to be practice squad or just cut? I think either one of them is practice squad material. It's just the matter of which one's getting their spot. And I think Lucian's getting the regular roster spot. And I think that either one of those, whichever one plays the best, the hardest, and they think has the most upside is going to get on the practice squad. Interesting. What's your uh, next position that you got? All right. We got some offensive linemen here. Now, Got a weird one here for the saving. It's, I, I think it's going to be Cole Croston because we 
got um i mean uh, there's a battle on the outside between matt tobin and larry Jean waddle and he's actually my surprise cut because he's just had the bonehead play and they signed him as a free agent and he's just he's holding down the right tackle spot but if cannon comes back you've got brown and cannon on the outside there's no reason to keep waddle if they've got those young guys and coral costin um that's just my thoughts on that i can't see him making it by giving them 15 yard penalties wow i was not expecting to hear that um, i mean i feel like adrian waddle brings a lot of like finesse like i feel like he's just that solid at his position you know i mean yeah yeah penalties suck 15 yard penalties do suck but they're part of the game you don't like to see it being part of the game but i i just feel like he has too much talent to be let off the roster you know what i mean I can see that definitely. I mean, it, it, it could just been, if I remember the play correctly, it could have just been, you know, a heat of the moment thing, you know, where he just lost his composure. Obviously, you don't want that happening all the time. And he doesn't seem to be the kind of player that does that. But I mean, I can see him making it, but I just hope that they got him in line with what it is that they need and keep him in check. Because uh, you can't you can't be having that many penalties yeah. when you're when you're playing at the beginning of the season without Edelman and you're trying to get the offense going. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. All right, then. So moving on to the running back position, who is it that you would want to save, Porchy? Running backs. I mean, we're very talented. I I have a feeling Jeremy Hill's the guy that's going to be cut for uh, preseason camp. We, we haven't really seen the explosiveness that the off-and-on plays we've seen in uh, Cincinnati. I feel like he's the odd man out. But I feel like, we honestly, I'm hoping we keep Gillisley. He's, he's the power back guy that we need, not Jeremy Hill. Interesting, because I think the exact opposite. Really? <laughs> Gillisley, when he was playing the third game, he every single play, they were bouncing into the backfield, and he just stood there and took the first hit and went down. It, he had no wiggle, and at least with Hill, Hill was getting some production with the first units, and he was going up against the first on the defense, and he was actually at least producing something. And yeah. plus with and plus with his uh, pass catching ability and the wiggle he's got, I think I think he's actually going to have a special season this year. I mean, I really hope so because he's on my fantasy team. But um, at the same time, I just feel like Gillisley, he, he had a very solid beginning of the season last year with New England, and then just fumbles just kind of got him on his way to the bench. I feel like I feel like this last game is going to really determine what between this battle because this is a, such a heavy, underrated battle right now in camp. I feel like Hill and Gillisley are just really great competitors, and I'd like to see Gillisley, but the best running back is going to come out on top after this week. Well, actually, the best running back probably not going to be playing. So, <laughs> what do you guys think about uh, Sony Sony Michelle finally getting on the field today? That that was awesome to hear about him and Burkhead both being on the field for the practice, even though they didn't practice a lot. That just means that they're getting them and Cannon ready for the first game of the season. So, it's good to finally see one of our first round draft picks, you know, on the field. I mean, feel bad for Win. I mean. He'll, he'll bounce back next year, hopefully, but it's it's really good to see Sony uh, Michael up there. 
Okay. So that Next looks. Position? Yep, that looks like that's it for uh, running back. So we'll go over to the defensive side. There's a lot more battles here. Take care. And so what we have at defensive end, what I have for the saves is um, Eric Lee because of his special teams. And he actually started playing that little bit of elephant role that he had last season. It looks like he's picked up a bit more of the offense. So I'd like to see them try to save him. And then this is going to be a painful cut, but I just didn't see enough from Keontae Davis. Um, he was losing contain. He was losing his one-on-ones. He And then the splash plays that he was making where he got into the backfield and he picked up those wide receivers. He's also 6'3", which is undersized for a defensive end. And he's got the injury history with the bulging neck that I just think that's too many risks to try to take on Keontae Davis. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Lee, Lee's doing, he's producing well, especially at uh, his position. I, I just feel like Keontae Davis just doesn't have it. He, he's not as explosive as the guy on at the defensive end position that you'd like to see. And I, I just feel like the injury history, especially in NFL is just not going to do it. It's, it's not, it, there's too much risk than what you can see out of the reward with that guy. Uh, that's surprising from both of you because from all accounts, he's very he's very highly looked at and regarded by by the coaches. Yeah, he's definitely one of the ones that further down on the list you'd like to keep, but I, I just really can't see Davis making it over some of these other guys that are on there. Risk over reward. Yep. All right, then we have uh, defense tackles. Uh, which one do you want to see make the team? The tackle is is just a heavy position that it's it's really hard for me to decide someone to get cut. I mean, I feel like ah, uh, the tackle. There, there's just so many great players at that position. Well, I, I'm gonna go out of the two uh, Vincent Valentine and. Uh, Adam Butler, I think we're going to save Adam Butler because he just shows up in the run stopping and he actually does get a little bit of push in the offensive line uh, against the offensive line. And then we're probably, I just, I I just can't see them keeping Vincent Valentine, even though he's one of the favorites of everyone. Um, He just, he just doesn't seem to show up. He gets lost. And I know he's a draft pick and everybody hates to see the draft picks get cut, but I think this is his last training camp with the Patriots. Uh, Vincent Valentine is one of those players that you don't even know that he's on the roster. Yeah, seriously, you watch him play, and it's just it's just like, oh, who is that guy? I have to check his number all the time, even yeah. though I, I've I checked it. I mean, you've got Lawrence Guy, you've got Malcolm Brown, you've got Danny Shelton for the run stuffing role. There's just it, it just there's not enough room to carry all these guys when you when you're worried about the defensive backs and you're worried about the linebackers and the defensive ends. There was a lot of talk today. Um, throughout the media or whatever, then Malcolm Brown could be actually be, be getting cut. It, it honestly, that would be a Belichick move, but I think that they would trade him first before that because he's got to have some value still. I mean, if they can get Dominic Easley away from the team, he got picked up by the Rams, I believe, once they cut him. They assumed his, his – so, I mean, if he got picked up after they cut him, then they've got to be able to get something for Malcolm Brown. Right. His main issue seems to be off the field. Like he just doesn't get what it means to be a professional with them. Exactly. Okay, now everybody's favorite position to talk about. 
is got to be the defensive backs. So I was going to do for my cut Jordan Richards, but everybody wants him cut. I've wanted him cut for two years. So I'm actually going to go a painful one for me, Cyrus Jones. Hmm. He, he just – I know he's got the eye of the – the coaching staff and they want him to succeed, but he just had for me, he had to show up as a punt returner this, this training camp. And he didn't, he didn't flash at all. And they seem to be more comfortable with other people going. And then when you compare his defensive back skills against other ones, like Keon Crossan, Ryan Lewis, JC Jackson, who is my save JC Jackson. I mean, they are more aggressive. They're more, they, bring a flash to him he's a cyrus jones is a little solid but he just he hasn't done enough for me to make the roster that after after the training camp especially with cyrus jones i mean he, he's had time to develop as that pumper turner and like maybe that off the bench type of back d back guy but i mean especially after he got drafted early early rounds I, i'm not sure exactly what round off the top of my head but um he, he was that Alabama draft pick, and everyone's like, oh, Alabama, like, he's going to be a stud. Like, I cannot wait to see him on the returns. I can't wait to see him in our backfield. And it, he just hasn't done enough. I don't know if it's just his work ethic. I don't, I don't know what it is, but he, has, he, he just hasn't, hasn't shown that mentality or that NFL fierceness that we all hope to see out of an Alabama player. And I, have to, I have to say that I think they're going to keep I think they're still going to keep him on the roster. And you have to say for sure that, that Crossan's going after like three pass interference. Yeah, no, Crossan I definitely would think would be gone. Um, but it's just they, they, the numbers, there's too many numbers. I mean, unless you start talking about losing McCourty, who actually has been sliding over into safety, then you're, then you're looking at like a severe number crunch for the secondary. I just really can't see them keeping. There's going to be a lot of people that we're going to be very upset about when they get cut on the first. They just got to keep the McCordy twins intact. I feel that's just going to be so dangerous. <laughs> they they got to keep my boys and McCordy's. I've, I've been waiting for this combo for the last three seasons. And if they really take away one of the McCordy's, I'm going to be so upset. Yeah. A lot of people have, a lot of people have. I think that's why they moved them over to safety. Yeah. It's probably yeah, also for a game day roster management when you only have the um 46 man uh, active roster it allows them to have a backup a third emergency tier at secondary in case something happens to somebody and that's uh, another reason why i think i feel bad about this but that bolden is going to make the team as well for running backs because he provides them with uh if he's on special teams he's an emergency running back in case something happens to one of the other actives exactly so Moving on to your next position. Yeah, and then the uh, final position we got here is linebackers. And then I was thoroughly impressed with this guy, uh, Grisby. Like, he was everywhere on special teams. He was just showing up there. I think he's going to make the squad. I had Christian Sam making the squad, but now that after watching them play, I think it's going to be Grisby that's going to be taking his his spot. Um, Jawan Bentley, obviously, is gonna is a lock. He's practically a starter right now. So I think it's going to be Grisby over Christian Sam. That's going to be the uh, for linebackers. Yeah, I mean Benley's just came out and he he's put himself on notice. He's definitely just just outplayed a lot of the guys. 
especially the young guys on this uh, trying to make this roster. I definitely had Christian Stam as the odd guy out. He 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 just hasn't really like. Oh, uh, he just hasn't st- stood out uh, compared to the other guys, especially linebackers are a deep position for this team. Uh, especially when you get like high tower healthy, he's going to be the main middle linebacker. And just just all the guys they have on this roster for linebackers, I think Sam's a guy out. Interesting takes there. Chris and Sam's always been that that bubble roster player, anyways. Yeah, I had was, both of them. I had both of the linebackers coming in as bu- bubble players, but it's Bentley definitely played his way onto the squad. Exactly. So moving on. From that, I have a bit of a rant that I've been saving all day. Well, I actually haven't been saving it all day because anybody that's going to listen to this podcast pretty much knows that I went off pretty much all day on Twitter. This whole uh, um, baiting Tom Brady with all this old news, when is this bull going to stop? And the media has made it so ridiculous and blown it up so much that they need need to make it a story that isn't a story. So what? Alex Guerrero is not part of the team, but he is part of Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been here. We all know his history. 18 years, five Super Bowls, whatever. MVP, he, he, he deserves to be able to have a, his trainer – his business partner, whatever it may be, following him around if that's what he chooses to do after what he's done for this franchise. The negativity in the Boston media over this is absolutely ridiculous. And today, it has just bombarded the airways. And I just wish it would end. He doesn't have to answer questions. His, his resume speaks for itself. He doesn't have to ask, answer questions about this. What are your guys' thoughts? They've got a right to ask the question, but the biggest problem I have is that you're not an investigative reporter. You're on a radio show that's affiliated with the Patriots that you are interviewing players for fans in the Boston market. So the problem with that is when he says, hey, I don't want to answer that question. Well, what do you think about this? I don't want to answer that question. What do you think about this? Hang up. I mean, I... I've hung up for less on people. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I don't, I, I just don't get, you can ask it, but then you might get shut down. So I, I don't understand why where the defense of a radio show that was, that is, that was badgering him is coming from and why they're coming from, why they're defending them so hard. I mean, I mean especially with the history that, that WEI, I has with Brady after calling his little girl, you know, whatever they called her last year, I, I wouldn't even go back on the program. It, exactly. I mean, why, yeah. It's not going to change. And Kirkman, he's a little, he's a little troll. I, I mean, mean, he's just, he, he got exactly what he wanted today. He got Brady to, to hang up so that there's their non-sports radio show has is in the media today basically i mean that's what it all falls down to i mean it's it's pretty pathetic and sad when you got 
a guy who's as decorated as Tom Brady is just just get all the clout that he receives. It's 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 just sad, especially trying to be an aspiring. I mean, it, it's a, it's an embarrassment. Like uh, like we talked about in the last episode of the podcast, it's embarrassing. I mean, I, there's not much you can really do at this point. I mean, like you just like you just said, Anthony, you just basically summed it up. Wei and even ninety eight point five, the Sports Hub, they're just a bunch of trolls looking for the whatever's going to give them that view, and fake news. <laughs> That's basically all I gotta say. Is fake news. Sum it up. Keep it PG. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just don't get it. It's it's just getting to the point that you can't even, you really can't turn on anything in Boston radio anymore because no matter what what you turn on from morning to night, there's always so much negativity, and. I mean, when is it going to stop? I mean, you you guys want these teams to win. I mean, we as fans want these teams to win. But then you turn on the radio and you expect, okay, well, the Red Sox are in first place. They got a, a seven-and-a-half game lead now on the Yankees or whatever. And all they can talk about is you know, the, Reds, the, you know, the, the, Red, the Red Sox bullpen. Yeah, the, 2011, the 2011 September collapse. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, just the anomalies that they use, especially with the Red Sox right now, and and Tom Brady, the anomalies and just 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 the amount of just bad comparisons and bad publicity, it's it's ridiculous. Like especially with the Sox point you just mentioned, the team has won ninety wins. Tell me another team in this league that has ninety wins. I will wait. Well. You heard the dead silence, so you, 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 you can't. I guess you were waiting for it. Yeah, you, you you cannot tell me that. Yes, we got swept by Tampa Bay. It, it happens. They're gonna be playing golf in two months from now. Let let their let them have their fun. They always play competitive against the Red Sox. They always play competitive, well, somewhat against New York this year. They've just been really competitive with top teams in American League East. And Tom Brady, five-time Super Bowl champion. Who else has five rings? Again, I'm gonna be waiting a while. But just, just let let the season pan out. Let the season pan out. All I want to say to you, anybody that listens to this podcast, you guys obviously don't get to see what we see. But Kyle's a very <laughs> Kyle's a very decorated person when it comes to uh, you know getting his point across because all we see all we see why we're doing this because we do do it live face to face or via the internet and Kyle will throw his hands up. I don't know. I think I just seen feet. I'm, no, I'm not for sure. You didn't see feet. But, I'm a very evasperated person. When I talk, I like talking with my hands. Body language is very key for me. And when I'm upset, I like to show it. Okay. Well, so <laughs> Andy, do you have any other subjects that you would like to touch on during this podcast? Yeah, I had, a thought. I was busy when Eric Decker retired, when he announced his retirement. And then all of a sudden, immediately afterwards, the whole narrative about the Patriots was that their wide receiving core was thin. Their wide receiving core is not good. That they're not they're not going to be able to throw any passes. 
And the worst thing that I had is that I just remembered this story when I was a kid about Chicken Little and the skies falling. How many years have they gone through with wide receivers that either A, haven't made their name yet, or B, are trusted veterans with Tom Brady and they'll get the job done. So I wish people would Simmer it down a little bit. Take a look at who's actually on the roster and why they do this. If he would have announced his retirement seven days later on Monday morning after the fourth preseason game, nobody would have said anything because he was getting cut anyways. Exactly. So just everyone needs to take a deep breath when somebody retires that was perhaps your favorite person and then go, okay, maybe it's for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Their favorite person. I mean, I don't think he caught maybe like three balls the entire preseason because all I mean at they the beginning of the pants. Yeah, exactly. Like I seen him at the, at the beginning of the uh, before game three he was catching tennis balls. I mean, I can catch a tennis ball too, but you know, then you try to catch a football after catching a tennis ball. It's a big difference. Yeah, and I get it. I get it for the reflexes. I get it, but you want to have. I'm going to hold up. I have reflexes that I want to catch a football. I mean, like, like, I mean, like the guy is like, what, 33, 34 years old? Yeah, he was only in the league for eight years, I guess. So, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not like he's got a ton of miles on him, but he just his physical skills had diminished to the point where he was going to have a hard time making the roster no matter what. And then when you compound that with the drops, he just wasn't. I mean, it wasn't that he wasn't picking up the offense or anything like that. It's just he's not a good wide receiver right now. Yeah, I mean, like, it was totally different vibe. Like, when we first announced the sign-in, I was like, okay, Eric Decker, he's a he's a veteran guy. Like, let's see what this guy got. I, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit excited when we signed him because he, he he's he's a fairly common name. But, I mean, it, there, there's no need to worry, Patriots fans. There's no need to fear. I mean, four games after – the fact we get our boy Edelman back. Plus, I mean, there's still some great guys left on the market if we have to go that route. Yeah, what people don't understand is that about, what is the number? 1,184 players are about to get cut in the next week and a half. 1,184 people. Oh, no, the people to choose from. Exactly. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to pick up some scrap somewhere. And, and that kind of leads me to one of my main thoughts here. That's very iffy in New England right now, but there's there's a certain guy, certain fellow who's pretty big around here. I feel needs to join this squad. Any guesses? <laughs> Any guesses? If you says if you say Des Bryant, I'm gonna he, I'm yeah. cutting you off. That that's who he's saying. Goodbye, Porchy. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Goodbye, Porchy. Hear me out. Your I, need numbers. Is over. I need numbers. Back it up with I, stats. Hear me out. <laughs> yes, Des Bryant isn't he, – he, he's the best of a bad situation right now. If you put him on the Patriots right now, besides Chris Hogan, who's our number Who's our number two wide receiver if right now on this roster? Probably Dorsett right now. Philip Dorsett. I don't know his exact numbers in New England. They're not really eye popping. We, we we traded Jacoby Brissett for him for a reason. I mean, oh, did you guys hear that? Wait, while you're on that, real quick, do you guys know that Brissett's about ready to get cut? Really, uh, I didn't so hear he, that. So he Bring may be back. coming. He may be coming back. There's a possibility. 
All right, I'm changing my quarterback thing. Uh, if Brissett gets cut, screw it, Lynn. Let's bring Brissett back. <laughs> One thousand percent would be okay with that. Maybe Hoyer too. He can kind of leave too. I I like Brissett. Brissett and Brady's all you need. Okay, well, obviously we got you. We we scrambled your brain. So get back to your <laughs> all right. stupid your stupid Des take. All right, all right. So you got Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, and and basically like Cordell Patterson guys. Guys who haven't really had a lot of time with the playbook. Des Bryant is still an explosive wide receiver. He's still in very good physical shape. Yes, he's a bit of a rowdy guy and iffy in the clubhouse, but even if you just sign him for four weeks until Edelman's gone, until Edelman comes back, I mean, for four weeks he can give you solid production just doing easy pass plays, not staying on the field long, but just he's a first down guy. That, that is what he has pertained his entire career is being a first down guy. That's the type of guy I feel we need until Edelman gets back. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Because I have a feeling I'm the odd man out here. <laughs> Let me show you something here. All right. <laughs> okay. This is this is this is Des Bryant. And 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 the and the audience, obviously the listeners can't see this. But I'm doing this so that you can see this porchy. What is it? Okay. Like a Reese's egg? It's a football. A football, okay. Okay, see this football here? Yeah. This is what Brady likes. Did you see that? Yeah, it disappeared. Well, he likes precise route runners. Okay. Okay? Because when he says, when he calls a play, and the play is, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 and he's going to hit you 15 yards down the road, down, down the line, on that precise play, this is going to be Des Bryant. Now, he may get to that 15 yards, but he's not going to get there the way that Brady expects him to get there. Okay. And unfortunately, in the, in the Patriots offense, that's the kind of players that Brady likes. And that's can, the exact reason why Des Bryant will not come to New England. Can I hit you with a rebuttal, though? I'm going to hit you with something, but go ahead. All right. So... That, that actually reminds me of a former New England receiver that actually stayed on the team for at least a season and had decent numbers. A lot of drops, but decent numbers. Who remembers Brandon LaFell out of my oh, hands? I knew you were going to bring him up. <laughs> who, who remembers that guy? He's had so many drops with, with this team, but he still had decent numbers to get another contract. He, he still played with New England for, I, I believe, a little over a season. Not exactly sure. <laughs> He's, well, he's, about ready to get, he's about ready to get cut, too, so why don't we just bring him back, too? Oh, he already got cut. He yeah, was on the market a while no, ago. He can't, that's the difference between him and Des Bryant. LaFell can't catch, hence why it's LaFell out of my hands. <laughs> Des, Bryant, Des Bryant is another Eric Decker with Absolutely. an attitude. <laughs> and a very popular Twitter account, I might add. Well, go friend him. I tried to... following him, but he didn't follow me back, so I unfollowed him. So well, I'm not wasting a free follow. Anyways. All right. Do you I have anything? Over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, do you have anything else to add to this podcast? Um, I don't know if you guys want to touch on the Mason, uh, Shaq Mason contract sure. that just broke Ours. today. Ours. Um, 
so it was a uh, five-year, $50 million contract extension that he signed. So that'll keep him in New England until after the 2023 season. And I looked at some numbers because I was tweeting him out all day. And what he signed right now makes him the seventh highest guard, seventh highest paid guard contract. And that puts him right in in the comparable range with David DeCastro of the Steelers, who signed that deal two years ago. And he was a year from free agency. So if he would have hit the market, he could have been looking at probably um, less than what Andrew Norwell just received. And that was $13.3 million. So my thoughts are, is that the Patriots got a steal from one of the better run blocking and stunt pulling guards out there as well as somebody that's turned into a very nice pass protector after they picked him out of Georgia Tech with the 135th, 31st pick of round four. What sounds, are you? Uh, sorry about that. Uh, it just sounds like it was uh, it was a move they wanted to make for a while. It was just very like, I, I guess you can call it underrated because it wasn't really mentioned that much until it basically broke this morning. But he's a very solid player. I mean, he has his ups and downs every once in a while, but he's very solid at the position. He's very good at doing his job. Not only that, but I always thought he was a bit underrated in New England. Like, his his name was never really mentioned that much unless he just did one of them explosive plays you wanted to see from a guard. You know what I mean? Well, he's basically one of those – he's a Belichick-type player. Yeah. He He comes in, he does his business, and he goes home. And, of course, people don't like that because he's not a household name. But there was a lot of talk today about, okay, this is this is Belichick, the GM, screwing Belichick, the, the, the head coach. I, I don't get it. He locked up a player that he felt comes in and does his job, does his job well. It shored up that side of the line for the next couple of years. Um, I forgot who else they remind me who the other, who else is on that side of the line. Canada's on the right side of the line. Right. Right. That's they're, they're both locked up for 22 and 23 or 21 and 23. Uh, so, let me check. I've. It's one of those. It's yeah. One of those numbers. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with that deal. They got him at a discount according to market value, what he can get next year. So now now it's time to turn their attention to who's next, which is uh, from Joe Therney. But yeah, they actually, yeah, they actually reduce his cap number two this year by about two or 3 million. um, Once they get the final numbers that come in and what we've got is we've got Cannon in 2022. We've got, Thuni, Thuni is the next guy, yes, 2020. Um, Mason's going to be there until after the 2023 season. Andrew's just signed his contract extension this offseason. He'll be there till 2021. And then, of course, the rookie win we're going to have at 2023. And it all depends on whether we can re-sign Brown. Yeah, I mean, they're just setting themselves up to have a solid offensive line for not only for what Tom Brady's latter years, but say – Say Brady doesn't make it till 2023, someone's got to play quarterback. We're just making making it 
so there's a solid offensive line in front of any quarterback that they place in the system. And, and who anchors the offensive line as far as coach-wise? Garnekia. So with him being able to lock up these players all long-term, better watch out. This offensive line is going to be something serious. Absolutely. So, Deadly. You have, uh, you have anything else that you'd like to add, um, Porchy? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, oh, I mean, boy, here we go. No, no, no. This is an actual solid take that I've seen last couple days. Um, Khalil Mack. Uh, uh, he's, <laughs> he, what is he, he coming to New England too? <laughs> well, no, hear me out. I'm not even, you're not even letting me get my intro and come on now. He's going to be our wide receiver. I, I don't think you can catch that well, but hold on. So I, I, he, he's not getting the contract he wants out of Oakland. And I've heard there, there's there's a couple of teams that might be interested in the race. What could he potentially do to our defense? Why why would we not try to make a somewhat of an attempt to snag a the perennial defensive player like Kelly O'Mac? Fortunately, you're never coming on a podcast ever again. <laughs> do you do you understand the kind of money that he's about ready to sign for, no matter who he goes to? Yes. But um, with the with the three million dollars or the two million dollars that we signed that we saved today. I think puts our cap space around what 11 12 million dollars. Yeah, if we're, that'll be on the high side, but yeah. Yeah, we still need to we still need to mortgage a couple of players just so that we can get he's looking at 22 million dollars a year. And, I mean it wasn't a definitive take. That's what's sitting on the table from the Raiders right now. Yes. 22 million dollars a year. So yeah. when when has New England ever brought in a 22 million dollar player? Hell, we have an a, a, a eight-time Super, uh, five-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback that doesn't even make top ten in salary, doesn't even come close to twenty-two million dollars, and you're going to pay some some head case defensive defensive end. Like I said, it wasn't a definitive like like uh, yo, let's go trade for Khalil Mack right now. It was more just like a. I mean, his name's out there. Why not? Like, just do investigative work, you know? I mean, just 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 cracking the door open a little bit. They did do defensive. They did do, they did do their due diligence on probably looking at him, and they've seen the money that he needs or wants, and they just close the door. But I mean, if you were him, would you cut that salary a little bit just to win a Super Bowl? No, because he's young. Damn. Well, here goes that idea. What is he, 20, 23, 24 years old? Yeah, he's got to be somewhere in mid-20s at the, the highest. And getting ready to to, to cash in on cash. one of the biggest contracts in NFL history? Yeah, let's just give the Patriots a, a, a discount so I can win a damn Super Bowl ring. We'll get him in 10 years when, when he's on his downside and he hasn't won a ring yet because the Jets signed him to the big deal. And they don't have a quarterback, or actually, their their quarterback's actually throwing to. He's twenty seven. Cleo Mack is twenty seven. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, he's twenty seven, and he's almost going to make that 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 much millions of dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's doing all right for his damn self. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's one of the. He, he's like one of the top ten defensive like players in the league. 
He's a solid guy. I can tell you're from Boston. As soon as as what soon as a big as soon as a big name player comes available, <laughs> can we get every it? damn team's got to sign him? <laughs> right, listen, listen. Shit, they got him. They got they got him. They got him as a starting pitcher for Game One of the World Series already. All right, I'm gonna say this right here, live on BSC podcast. Whenever the hell we signed Pablo Sandoval, I was against that signing. I was against Carl Crawford because he was a bum, and he turned out to be a bum. And I was against Adrian Gonzalez. I'm going to say that on this line right now, right here, as my dog laying next to me is my witness. Honest to truth. Yeah, I'm not man. a huge big signing guy. I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on mute. Fair enough. Andy, do you have anything else <laughs> you'd like to add to this podcast? No, I think that's good. Because it's like, it's like 1137 at night, which – well, well it is eleven thirty-seven tonight. And the next and and Wednesday night, I'm just going to be starting a podcast at this time. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. But uh, anyways, well, that's going to wrap up this very interesting podcast out of the fifteen that we've done. And I just want to tell you all that you'll never hear Porchy on another podcast again. <laughs> I really hope that's a joke. <laughs> But no. Anyways, uh, for everybody that's out there listening to us, thank you very much for uh, listening to our podcast and our nonsense that we go on. We try to bring you a a fan friendly type podcast, and I think we do that very well. Um, you can find you can find us on pretty much any platform that's out there: iTunes, Spotify, um, you name it. We're out there. We're on it. And then uh, you can find uh, all of our great articles at www.bostonsportsextra.com. So for everybody that listened to this podcast, thank you. Spread the word. Give us reviews, whatever. If you don't like us, well, don't tell anybody. Until the next podcast, thank you all, and go Patriots. Go Patriots. See you, guys. Yep. Later. Yeah, you're going to see you.